on behalf of the entire family of the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown, on this Christmas Eve, I light this Christmas candle in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who is the light of the world. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Heavenly Father, just as you led the shepherds to the place of the manger in Bethlehem, please guide your people here tonight to an experience of your presence in Bakerstown. As we assemble on this holy of nights, help us to see not only the stars brightly shining, but that this is the night when our dear Savior was born. Blessed by the power of your Spirit even now as together, as a family we join together in prayer saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, 
he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will govern my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. When they had heard the king, they went their way. And lo, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way.
beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for testimony, to bear witness to the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness to the light. The true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. He came to his own home, and his own people received him not. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of flesh nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. John bore witness to him and cried, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, for he was before me. And from his fullness have we all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has made him known.
Let us come before our God in prayer. Father, as we enjoy the beauty and the warmth and the tradition of this candlelight Christmas Eve service, we are reminded of the birth of a child, a birth which took place on this night so many years ago. Your son was born to humble human parents. And his coming was the fulfillment of centuries of prophecy, of hopes, of dreams, and of promises. The world of that time knew all too well of the darkness of sin and death which surrounded it. But suddenly, you sent light into that world. Lord, we are grateful for that light which came to the stable in Bethlehem and we rejoice in it. We come like the wise men following a star to this church that we might worship the Christ child and bring our gifts and go away singing songs of praise in his name. We offer our prayers and we listen to the proclaiming of the good news and we know that Jesus Christ is Lord. He who was called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Father, let each of us Feel the illumination of that light in our lives. And once that has come to be, let each of us reflect the light by bringing the message of your Son to others. We're so thankful to be a part of the, the fellowship of believers, the body of Christ, the church. Help us, through this congregation, to reach out to the community and to the world, teaching everyone that we no longer need to stumble in the darkness, for we have indeed seen a great light. Lord, on this happiest of nights, we do ask you to help us to remember that there are those who do not share the joy of the holidays. Be with all who are ill or bereaved, 
or frightened or lonely and let them see your light in spite of their personal troubles. Comfort them and give them the assurance that your spirit can work in their lives and fill them with the power to overcome any problems. Help us in some way to be a part of ministering to anyone who is in need during this blessed time of the year. Father, we thank you for this wonderful and inspiring service of worship. We pray that the life of each person here will be brightened by it. In the name of him who is the light, Amen. This evening's offering, as many of you know, will be going to the Mars United Presbyterian Home for children. If you should happen to want to make a donation by check, we ask that you would make it out to the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown and indicate Mars UP Home in the lower left-hand corner. At this time, the ushers will wait upon us for the evening offering.
Father, we remember that Jesus Christ came to us as a small child and he grew up to be our Savior. During his ministry he said, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. On this night of thankfulness we dedicate this offering to the children at the Mars United Presbyterian Home. We pray that this gift will be used in the name of your Son, so that the children may indeed come to him. Amen.
Young Richard Wolf, who is one of our fifth graders, last spring, following a worship service, came to me at the door where I was greeting parishioners and asked me a very thoughtful question. He said to me, what do you think is the most important, Christmas or Easter? And I thought about that for some time before answering, and I've thought a lot about it since. And that particular question serves as the text for our particular meditation on this particular Christmas time. They're both important. I don't think you can say one is more important than the other. We all know that the eternal symbol of our Christian faith is not a crib, but a cross. You ladies who have those beautiful ornaments hanging around your neck, they're, they're crosses, they're not little cribs. The cross is where we have based the very foundation of our redemption. But let's face it. The cross would not have been if it hadn't been first for the crib. This year in my Bible study, I, I never realized it before that, but this year I found out for the first time that nowhere, at least in my study, can I find that Jesus ever returned to the place of his birth. Did you know that? Nowhere do we have in the New Testament that Jesus ever went back to Bethlehem. He spent most of his time up in Galilee. And the things that are of vital importance to us, things like the cross, they took place in Jerusalem. And anyone who does not understand the Jerusalem, Jesus does not have an understanding of the faith that he claims he believes. But even the Jesus of Jerusalem could not have been without the babe of Bethlehem. So you see, you can't say that the cross is more important than the crib, or that the crib is more important than the cross. Something is missing, and on this Christmas Eve, what I suggest to you that it is, is that eternal light that comes from the candle and who represents Jesus Christ who said, I am the light of the world. That's really who Jesus is. He's God. He's the Savior of sin, the Lord of life. And we know all of this because he came saying that he was a light. He came to give light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who walketh after me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus came to shed light, light to illuminate the meaning of the crib, or as we know it, birth. When Jesus Christ came to this earth, you see, we had a new dimension to the importance of birth. As a writer said, following Christ 
In Christ there is no such thing as male or female, Greek or Jew, slave or free person. But we are all one in Jesus Christ. Now it's Jesus Christ that brought a new dimension of importance to every one of us. Jesus tried to tell us that, remember in the Sermon on the Mount. He said that this Jesus, who is conscious when every sparrow falls, this Jesus who counts the number of hairs on your heads and all of our heads, this Jesus is like the shepherd who knows every sheep by name. God loves us. And because of that, we are important. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And that makes personality sacred. Individuals important. You and me. People who have purpose in our lives. Just as Jesus came into this world according to a plan. In the fullness of time, which is the Bible's way of saying just at the right moment, not one minute too early nor one second too late, God sent forth his Son, born of a virgin. God has sent us to this world at this time for a reason. There are no accidents with God. God does not make mistakes, and God does not create junk. All things that he makes, he looks upon and says, it's good. And that includes you and me. And the light that we have for the strength of that message of importance is ours, because Jesus Christ gave that light when he came to be God here on earth. But Jesus did something more. Though we are important in the eyes of God, Jesus did point out that we all have a problem. And the problem is simply, we like to be self-serving. We are individuals who like ourselves best. We're selfish, self-centered, and we like to be overly concerned with our own well-being. The Bible calls this sin. You have it, I have it. That's what makes it original. It is by nature with each one of us. And what God is trying to tell us in Jesus Christ is that we must in some way get rid of this sin because this sin does horrible things to us. It has all types of consequence. It gives us a sense of inferiority. It makes us feel worthless. It gives us double doses of false humility. It makes us say and do and think things that are not right. The Bible tells us that if this continues, it will ruin all of life. 
And what we actually need is a rebirth, a starting all over again, a being born again. And Jesus not only tells us this through Nicodemus, where he says, Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again, but he shows us how it is possible. Jesus came to shed light for all of us on how individually we can be born again. And how we do it is almost too simple. You don't do it by reading books. You don't do it by trying to perform good deeds. You can't even do it by going to church or putting big bills in the offering plate. You do it when you realize you are at a moment where you cannot help yourself where you are totally hopeless, where you must depend upon someone else to save you. And when you realize God in Jesus Christ has paid the total bill, and you throw yourself upon the grace of God with your faith, and though you fully don't understand, and nobody ever does or completely comprehends, how God in Christ on a cross was able to reconcile the world unto himself. But if you believe that, if you believe that, you have the light on how to be born again. Whether or not it happens to you violently as it does to some people, or whether it happens to you gradually and silently, it's still the same. You are born again because Jesus Christ, who gives us the message of importance at birth, says we must be spiritually born again, and he makes it possible by belief in Christ's death upon the cross. Jesus came, you see, to shed life, light upon the crib. But more than that, he came to shed light upon life. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth after me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus came with that bold assertion, Hey, if you want to live a life that completes the destiny for which you've been created, look at me. Follow me. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. That's a very bold assertion. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one. No one cometh to the Father but by me. This is the way life is to be lived. And God sent Jesus down to this earth, not just to show us what God is like, but also to show us what people are to be like. And with the promise that if Jesus Christ is our Lord, we will become like Jesus. Do you hear that? That's the light to follow if you want really to fulfill that desire that is within you right now. And there's not one of us here. Not one of us. That would not like to live a 
fuller, more complete, productive, loving, a kinder, more forgiving, generous life. As I came to the services tonight, and as I met many of you out in the narthex, and as we've exchanged greetings, how I have hoped and wished that the spirit that we all express tonight could be the spirit we express every day and every night. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful to be cheerful and happy and to go out of our way and to give extra gifts and to be caught up in the splendor, to shed a tear, to have a warm feeling of goodness because you know you have given something of yourself. That's why Jesus came to allow us to live every day as we live at Christmas time. And we can do it. If only we'll ask Jesus to help us and allow his light to come and light up our lives so that we can be the joyous, happy, productive, powerful people that God intended us to be. Using Jesus as our model, as our teacher, as our Lord and as our leader. Follow me. Ah, Jesus came to shed the light of God not only on the crib and upon today's way of life, but he came to shed light upon death. Upon death, that thing that every one of us is frightened of. We don't understand it. It's a mystery. I claim one of the things that makes Bakerstown Candlelight Services so meaningful to all of us is because this is something special. Nineteen years we've been doing this. Several weeks ago the letter started from college students, Texas, California, all over these United States, and I look out and I, I see your faces. Many of you wrote in those letters or in telephone conversations or through messages that you gave to your parents and friends. Christmas is coming home, and Christmas is being in Bakerstown Church Christmas Eve. There's a power here that probably I don't think there's anywhere in the whole United States. And that's because of God, and that's because of all of us. To me, this is the biggest night of the year. This is my Christmas, being with you. As I know, many of you find that this is your Christmas, being with the other members of our family. You're seated in family groups. You're together. You've been separated. And one of the things that gives this service power is that fear, that concern, that knowledge that we have 
concerning death. Because no one of us knows if we're going to be here next year. Some who were with us last year and lighted candles are not with us here this year. That gives special meaning and purpose. People will be sitting here holding hands, feeling good, realizing that this is a moment which may never be repeated again when you are with all the rest of us. Now Jesus understands that. That's why the power of God blesses a service like this. And God blesses by allowing us to get a little glimpse of the light that comes over the power of death. Jesus knows we're frightened about death. He knows we don't know too much about it. And we dread it not so much for ourselves as we do for our loved ones because we do not want to be without them. So he has given us words ideas, light concerning what goes on beyond where we can see and feel and hear. Our Lord Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, for in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, but I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And that is where our power comes, where we can say with the apostle of old that because Jesus Christ lives and because his light shines, there's neither death nor life, angels nor principalities, powers or darkness that shall ever be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord and the light of our lives. It's a great night. A great night. And in a few moments, every one of us will take a candle. And that will mean no different things to different people. Some of you who believe in Jesus, who have caught a glimpse of the light of birth, life, and death. You who do not walk in darkness but have seen the light, you're going to take that light which in the candle signifies Jesus Christ, the light of the world, and you're going to feel good, and you're going to cry, and you're going to thank God that your eyes have been opened to the light and this is just another anniversary of the knowledge that you have the light. But others of you tonight have heard some things that you never really heard the same way before. 
You don't know if you have the light about birth, about death, or about life. To you, as you light your candle, may I ask you, just simply in your heart, ask Jesus, the light of the world, to come into your life and become the light of your life. Ask him to give you the light which you need concerning the purpose for your birth, the power you need for daily life, the light that can cast out the darkness of fear that you have about death. Just do that. And you will find that tonight will not only be the holiest night of the year, but it just might be the holiest time of your whole life. We are about ready now to light the Christmas candlelight. We are just a few minutes before midnight. May I ask please that we exercise all caution in the name of safety. As the light is passed to you, please may the person who passes the light hold his candle upright and the one receiving the light tip his or her candle into the flame. After the choir sings the choral all men and is dismissed, then is the time for you to extinguish your light. If you would like to take the candle home as a remembrance of the service, feel welcome to do so. Otherwise, receptacles will be at the exits where we ask you to deposit them. As I said a few minutes ago, this is the biggest night of the year for me. And always in this candlelight service, it's especially meaningful because, as you've known, those of you who've been with us in the past, this service was prepared originally by my father 51 years ago. And every time we go through the service, of course I have great fond memories, not only of my father in heaven, but of my earthly father as well. 